Issue Review, Fiscal Services Division, December 20th, 2013. Cost-Benefit Analysis of Adult Drug Courts. Issue, this issue review provides a summary of national and Iowa research on the effectiveness of adult drug courts, an overview of these programs currently operating in Iowa, including a description of offenders served and funding mechanisms, an analysis of the costs and benefits of the adult drug courts operated by community-based corrections, and the estimated need for funding. Affected agencies, Department of Corrections or DOC, Community-Based Corrections or CBC, Judicial Branch, Office of the State Public Defender, Department of Public Health, Office of Drug Control Policy, County Attorneys, and County Jails. Code Authority, Iowa Code Chapters 904 and 905. Background, nationally, adult drug courts started in the late 1980s in response to high recidivism rates of drug offenders. High-risk, prison-bound offenders were diverted to adult drug courts that provided intensive supervision and concentrated drug treatment using a multidisciplinary team approach. Adult drug courts across the country that use the judicial model have teams comprised of a judge, probation or parole officer, or PPO, county attorney and public defender staff, treatment staff, and community support. Some adult drug courts use community panel models where private citizens are actively involved in the program. Over time, most states have implemented a variety of specialty courts based on the drug court model. This includes such programs as veterans courts, juvenile drug courts, mental health courts, reentry courts, and family drug courts. In Iowa, adult drug courts, mental health courts, juvenile drug courts, and family courts have all been implemented. This issue review focuses on the adult drug courts administered by the Iowa CBC District Departments. Current situation. According to the DOC, about 26.3% of offenders currently under correctional supervision in Iowa have a drug conviction as their most serious offense. According to the Criminal and Juvenile Justice Planning Division, or CJJPD, of the Department of Human Rights, drug offense admissions to prison have been one of the driving factors behind the continued rise in prison population projections, especially those offenses that carry mandatory minimum prison terms. Adult Drug courts were developed and implemented in Iowa to address the needs of high-risk drug offenders to divert them from prison. The first adult drug court in Iowa started accepting clients in August 1996 in Des Moines. As of fiscal year 2014, there are nine adult drug courts operating in seven CBC district departments. Most of the adult drug courts follow the judicial model that has the active participation of a judge on the multidisciplinary team. The third CBC District Department uses community panels, and this drug court also serves juveniles. Most of the adult drug courts serve the community or county where they are located, with a few exceptions. The district departments manage their adult drug courts to meet the needs of their local communities. This results in variation across the state, but it also permits the district department to address the local system's culture, philosophy, target population, and program capacity. See Attachment 1 for the DOC's overview of the adult drug courts currently operating in Iowa. The first CBC District Department discontinued its adult drug court as well as its mental health court in Waterloo at the end of fiscal year 2013 due to funding constraints. The second CBC District Department ended its adult drug courts in December 2009 due to funding constraints. Funding history. Adult drug court funding first started in Iowa in 1995 when the fifth CBC District Department received a federal planning grant from the United States Department of Justice. The District Department then received a grant award from the Office of Drug Control Policy, or ODCP, for four years, subject to annual renewal contingent upon successful compliance with grant criteria. 
Most, but not all, of the district departments received grant funding from the ODCP to start up or supplement adult drug court budgets. Refer to attachment two for a listing of the ODCP grant awards to the CBC district departments from fiscal year 2002 to the present. Adult drug courts have been funded through a variety of methods, including state general fund appropriations, state healthy Iowans tobacco trust or HITT appropriations, ODCP grant awards, direct federal grants received by district department directly from a federal agency, local income and private donations. Refer to attachment three for the current district department adult drug court budgets by funding source. Actual fiscal year 2013 statewide expenditures for adult drug courts were $2.1 million and served 669 offenders for an average annual cost of $3,139 per offender. This statistic includes the number of offenders in adult drug courts at the start of fiscal year 2013 plus the number of offenders admitted to the program during fiscal year 2013. Adult drug court budgets currently range from $130,000 in the 7th CBC District Department to $409,996 in the 5th CBC District Department. The average adult drug court budget is approximately $235,100 annually. The budget is driven by the number of offenders served, funding opportunities, and contract costs. Some CBC district departments reimburse the office of the state public defender for local private defender costs, while some do not. Some CBC district departments fund treatment contracts within the drug court budget. Some refer offenders to local treatment programs. All substance abuse treatment programs are licensed by the Department of Public Health. The estimated fiscal year 2014 adult drug court budget totaled $2 million with 500 offenders expected to be served for an annual average cost of $4,000 per offender. The reduction in budget and offenders served reflect the elimination of the first CBC District Department's Waterloo Adult Drug Court at the end of fiscal year 2013 due to the loss of a federal grant. Several district departments indicate there is a significant need for additional funding to either maintain the adult drug courts or expand the programs to meet identified needs in local communities. Offenders and Risk all of the adult drug courts address substance abuse treatment needs. They provide referral and or treatment for any co-occurring disorders such as mental health needs. Drug abused include methamphetamines, cocaine, marijuana, and alcohol. A review of offender risk, admissions by offense type and class demographics, and length of stay in drug court is provided in a sheet below on the printed issue review. Also included is a discussion of drug court closures. The DOC and CBC district departments use a variety of risk assessment instruments to assist in determining the level of supervision and treatment needs of offenders. The level of services inventory, revised LSI-R, has been shown to be valid in Iowa. This tool provides a comprehensive assessment of risk factors that can be targeted for treatment interventions so as to reduce recidivism. The risk categories for the LSI-R are 0 to 13 low risk, 14 to 23 low to moderate risk, 24 to 33 moderate risk, 34 to 40 moderate to high risk, and 41 or more high risk. The CBC district departments are determining adult drug court placement based on risk as measured by the LSI-R as well as other factors such as criminal history and non-compliance with the current supervision plan. Admissions. Most of the 328 admissions during fiscal year 2013 were for drug offenses followed by property offenses. Few offenders convicted of violent offenses are admitted to adult drug courts. They are more likely to be sent to prison 
to incapacitate them. The data in the tables listed in this issue review show the most serious offense conviction. That is, an offender may have multiple convictions, including drug and property offenses. The offense that has the longest sentence is the one that is counted in the tables. The 328 offenders admitted to adult drug courts in fiscal year 2013 include all admissions. Some may be screened out of the program as inappropriate referrals once more assessments are conducted. So, the offender may be on supervision, violate the terms of probation, and be admitted to the adult drug court rather than be revoked from community supervision and sent to state prison. Alternatively, the offender may be identified to drug court for offenses that are in the process of being educated. The majority of offenders are convicted felons. Certain CBC district departments admit offenders to the adult drug court, both pre-conviction and post-conviction. These offenders may be convicted of a lower level offense such as a serious misdemeanor but have more serious charges pending. They are admitted to the adult drug court in lieu of prosecution for the more serious offense. If they successfully complete the program, the charges are dropped or the offender receives a deferred judgment or is sentenced on a lesser charge. If they fail the adult drug court, charges are reinstated. The majority of offenders, 72.3%, admitted to adult drug courts were men and 82.5% were white, according to the Majority Impact Memo published by the Legislative Services Agency on February 11, 2013. The Iowa offender population is predominantly male and white. However, 17.4% of the offender population is black, while 10.4% of adult drug court admissions in fiscal year 2013 were black offenders. Approximately 3.4% of adult drug court admissions were Hispanic, while Hispanics comprise 5.2% of the Iowa offender population. There may be a need to increase opportunities for offenders of different races and ethnicities to participate in the program. Closures. Offenders may leave or close out of drug court by completing the program successfully, failing the program, receiving an intermediate sanction, or receiving an administrative closure. Examples of administrative closure include the program closed, the referral to adult drug court was inappropriate, death or transfers to other interventions. Intermediate sanctions are imposed due to noncompliance with the adult drug court's conditions. Generally, an offender has 60 days to come into compliance before being closed out of the program. Examples of intermediate sanctions include home confinement, a county jail stay, residential placement, and or electronic monitoring. An offender may also successfully complete the adult drug court or fail. Generally, offenders that fail are sent to state prison. Generally, successful offenders remain in the program anywhere from 18 to 36 months. The long length of stay under supervision includes time served in intermediate sanctions such as home confinement while not actively participating in the adult drug court. Offenders are accepted back into the program if they become compliant within 60 days of the intermediate sanction being imposed. Administrative closures occur relatively quickly compared to other type of closures. Drug and property offenses are the most successful in the program. This success is not a recidivism rate that captures the percentage of offenders that commit a new offense after successfully completing the program. An offender may be unsuccessful in adult drug court without committing a new offense. In such instances, the offender will be placed in a different intermediate sanction such as intensive supervision. Generally, offenders convicted of Class C or D felonies are more successful in the program. It appears offenders convicted of Class C or D drug or property offenses are the most successful in the adult drug courts. 
This conclusion is in keeping with research published by the CJJPD. Recidivism. Recidivism is defined as being convicted of a new offense after successfully completing the adult drug court. A literature review of drug court research shows that adult drug courts significantly reduce recidivism for high-risk probationers. According to the National Association of Drug Professionals, or NADCP, drug courts, quote, significantly reduce drug use and crime and do so with substantial cost savings, end quote. The Bureau of Justice Assistance, or BJA, of the U.S. Department of Justice conducted a multi-state evaluation of adult drug courts and found that criminal activity, drug usage, and arrest rates were all reduced for offenders in these programs compared to similar offenders not in the adult drug court. The Iowa DOC has published a report that shows probationers that successfully complete adult drug court are less likely to commit crimes than probationers that have not been in the program. The report shows recidivism rates ranging from a low of 24.2% in the 5th CBC District Department to a high of 82.4% in the 7th CBC District Department for offenders that participate in adult drug court. Similar offenders not in the adult drug court had a recidivism rate of 76% over the same 4.75 year period. Some of these recidivism rates may be considered high. However, these are high-risk offenders that have been diverted from state prison. One of the factors for considering an offender to be high-risk is the risk to recidivate. The CJJPD published reports on drug courts in 2001, 2006, and 2009. The most recent CJJPD report, Iowa Adult and Juvenile Drug Court Extended Recidivism Outcomes, was published in July 2011. This report builds on CJJPD's previous research by completing a longitudinal study of drug court participants and comparison groups over a six-year period. According to that report, the reconviction rate for drug court participants was lower than all the other groups through the sixth year, end quote. Cost-benefit analysis. A cost-benefit analysis calculates the cost of providing a product or service compared to the benefits created by providing that product or service over a period of time such as 10 years. This calculation may also be called a return on investment or ROI. Calculating cost-benefit analysis for services is typically challenging because such calculations incorporate what are generally considered to be, quote, soft costs in addition to, quote, hard costs, such as those used in the analysis of the production of goods. For example, calculating the ROI for machinery for a production company lends itself to economic equations and quantitative analysis more readily than the impact of criminal sentencing on society. Calculating soft costs can be controversial and open to interpretation. The state of Washington developed a model that permits policymakers and program supervisors to weigh the costs and benefits of a particular policy option over time. This model is maintained and updated by the Washington State Institute for Public Policy, or WSIPP. The Pew Center on the States partnered with the WSIPP and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation in 2010 to develop a model that states could update with their own data. This model is called Iowa Results First. Iowa's Public Safety Advisory Board, or PSAB, endorsed the idea of learning more about the model. The DOC Research Center serves on the PSAB and received training and technical assistance on the model from the Pew Center on the states and the WSIPP. The DOC built out the model and used it to analyze its programs. 
The DOC issued a report in May 2012, Return on Investment, Evidence-Based Options to Improve Outcomes. The report reviews adult drug courts that use the judicial model and indicates these have a positive return on investment. Every $1 spent on the program returns $9.61 benefit over a 10-year time frame. These calculations are in 2011 dollars and are based on high-risk offenders being diverted from prison. The calculations include CBC costs versus prison costs. If lower-risk offenders are in adult drug courts, the return on investment would be significantly less because these offenders are unlikely to be sent to prison. The Iowa Results First Cost-Benefit Analysis of Drug Court Programs included calculation of all costs associated with the adult drug court, such as the judge's salary, corrections costs, and treatment. Source documentation for costs included the CJJPD, the Iowa DOC, the Iowa Department of Public Health, and substance abuse treatment agencies. The average length of the program was calculated at 1.2 years. Annual cost per participant was calculated at $7,401.67. For purposes of cost-benefit modeling, a program that diverts offenders from prison, as adult drug courts do, must also include consideration of the cost of the prison penalty. Therefore, the prison marginal cost was also included in the cost-benefit analysis of drug courts. Recidivism rates for higher-risk probationers in Iowa were used as the basis to calculate the risk reduction effect of adult drug courts, fewer crimes per offender over a 10-year period. Benefit calculations were analyzed for taxpayer benefits such as averted costs of arrest, court and correctional supervision, and crime victim benefits such as injury and property loss. Program Fidelity the Iowa DOC's ROI calculations are based on programs that adhere to evidence-based principles, also known as program fidelity. Failure to adhere to fidelity will reduce the return on investment. Fidelity is defined as delivering services consistently in a competent manner and adhering to the program design. For example, changing the caseload of a PPO assigned to adult drug court beyond the perimeters of the program's design either by increasing or decreasing the number of offenders supervised impacts program fidelity and the return on investment will change. While the adult drug courts have proven to be cost-effective in Iowa, there is an ongoing budget need to adequately fund it in order to maintain fidelity to the program design and maintain the return on investment. Budget Impact the state general fund appropriation was $83.4 million, or 78.8% of total revenue. The remaining receipts of $22.4 million consisted of direct federal grants, offender fees, contracts for specific services with local governments, such as county jail diversion programs, and interest earned on cash balances held by the CBC district departments. The combined expenditures for the eight CBC district departments were $103.8 million. The $2 million difference between revenues and expenditures is local income brought forward to fiscal year 2014, $1,782,000, and reversion to the state general fund, $174,000. Personnel costs were $90.7 million in fiscal year 2013. This is 87.4% of the total expenditures. This one expense exceeds the general fund appropriation by $7.3 million. 
The CBC district departments rely on local income to fund operating costs such as salaries, treatment contracts, utilities, food, supplies, and building repairs. The balance brought forward to fiscal year 2014 will be used for salary adjustment costs, building repairs, and ongoing support costs. Given the current budget structure, it is unlikely the CBC district departments will be able to absorb the potential loss of any receipts such as direct federal grants or grants received from the ODCP. It has also been a challenge to absorb annual salary adjustment costs and maintain treatment contracts with no increase in the state appropriation. There is an estimated funding need of approximately $1.5 million statewide for Iowa's adult drug courts. This estimate would maintain program fidelity for adult drug courts or reestablish the program in certain CBC district departments. The estimate is based on information provided by the DOC and CBC district departments and LSA calculations. The estimates do not include the cost to reestablish the adult mental health court in Waterloo, $169,000, that was eliminated at the end of fiscal year 2013, or $131,000 for staff and treatment costs for the adult mental health court in Ottumwa. Replacement costs for the ODCP mental health enhancement grants that expire at the end of fiscal year 2015, $738,100, are not included in the estimate. See Attachment 2 for the distribution of that funding. The General Assembly may also consider discussing why the Office of the State Public Defender is reimbursed for public defender services by some CBC district departments and not others. Refer to Attachment 3 for budget details of the existing adult drug courts. The staff contact for this issue review is Beth Lenstra, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. To view all charts, graphs, forms, and other text documents, please go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov and open the LSA Publications tab at the top. Click on Fiscal Analysis on the left. Then under Fiscal Publications, click on Issue Reviews.